0: Welcome to another episode of the Launch School podcast. Today, we are doing an episode that I'm super excited for. We're going to be answering questions about why Launch School is the way it is. As a student, and I'm sure others can relate, one thing that drew me to Launch School was this sense of transparency. Uh, So that's what today is all about, is explaining the whys behind Launch School. We have a list of questions that we've taken from current students Um, Launch School Curious people, and even some from some folks who decided not to enroll in Launch School at all. So we'll start by giving just a bit of background about Launch School and how we got here. And then Chris is going to answer some of our questions. Hey, Chris.
1: Hey, great to be here. Happy to see you, Brandy.
0: Thanks. Yeah, good to be here.
1: Excited to explain why we do things. (laughs) I get get so many of these questions and uh, just thought, you know, be nice to collect the uh, a list of questions and just address them.
0: Mm -hmm. And so we were thinking that a bit of background might help so that uh, we have a sense of where we're starting from. And that I think answers a lot of questions that people have already. So do you want to give us some background on how we ended up here, how Launch School came to be?
1: Yeah, sure. I think, so we've been doing this for a long time, right? And I've been doing this for a long time. I've been um, teaching people I've been a software engineer for a long time, and I've been teaching people for a long time as well. And so one of the things that I notice is people who are new to launch school come in, they have a lot of ideas, Um, not knowing that there's been like a decade of trial and error and experimentation in terms of teaching people uh, programming. Obviously, I'm always interested in ideas and feedback and all that. Um, Uh, But I thought I'd take some time to give a background so that uh, people can understand the context and how we arrived here. Um, And many of these at ideas that people give us tend, tend to be, you know, things that we've already tried and, um, and we decided that we didn't want that set of trade-offs. Right. And so at launch goal, we we've expressed a different set of Mm -hmm. Um, trade-offs. And uh, sometimes it's something we you know out of ignorance but a lot of times it's things that we've already tried so i'll explain that a little bit but um have you read that article brandy that that i wrote back in 2018 that i actually put in the prep course it's called from Bootcamp to mastery
0: yeah i think i read it all the way at the beginning when i was starting but then um, medium sent it to me again recently and i had to read yeah
1: Okay, great. Yeah, I that's sort of our origin story, our genesis for how we came to launch school. Launch school is not my first take at uh, teaching people programming concepts. Um, So, you know, way back, uh, back in the day 2011, 2012 ish, um, is when I first started to teach people code. At that point, I already had about 10 years of uh, programming, software engineering experience, um, had a variety of different jobs from enterprise software to running my own startup to working at startup and at the time i was an engineering manager hiring people running teams um you know team lead that type of thing and um teaching people's on the forefront of my mind just because um it was very difficult to hire people in san francisco at the time so the first foray into programming was very ad hoc very much um like this is so a lot of people know that before launch school, um I had a different program called T Academy. I'm talking about now even before T Academy. This is this is even even before then, where it was just an exploration into uh teaching people programming. Mm-hmm. And you know, I approached it in a very um ad hoc way, very much what do you want to learn? <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Um again at that time I, I had 10 years experience, a variety of different jobs uh, you know and all the things that people listed um as things they wanted to learn were things that i i was comfortable comfortable covering Mm -hmm. so typical things would be like um i want to learn how to build apis uh or i want to learn tdd um or i want to learn how to use this framework or that framework at the time ruby on rails was very very hot um and so uh it, it it was a newer framework um and 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 so uh now it's more established but uh, a lot of activity for that, so want to learn frameworks, right? Um, mm-hmm. And and I said, yeah, sure, let's do it. So <laughs> let's these go were for mostly
0: it. these were mostly people who already had programming experience.
1: All kinds, all kinds. Uh-huh, so this is yeah. how uh, there was a couple of programming uh, listservs or newsletters uh, mm-hmm. or discussion groups, um, not Reddit, but they were like email groups. Um mm-hmm. anybody could just like reply. This used to be a thing. <laughs> 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 it's less popular now, but it used to be a thing, mailing lists. Um, and I remember I just posted something like, hey um i'm a, I'm a super experienced programmer, software engineer. um I'm willing to teach uh, you know, like twenty people. um and I think just to add a little bit of commitment, um I added a price in there. It was I forget what it was. It was like 10 dollars, a hundred dollars, something like really low just to just to make sure that people have some some sense of commitment
0: a minimum um, filter
1: yeah minimum minimum set of commitment um and tons of people responded right and because it's low cost and we were doing live instruction live coding and um i forget the f- initial class size i think it must have been like 20 to 30 and we just had to cap it we just could not uh take more right um, especially our first foray into programming i just asked them, what do you want to learn you know what do you what, what, what do you what do you want me to cover uh on our um I think we met like every day or every other day. It was pretty aggressive. It's like three days a week. Um, mm-hmm. So we are going to cover in these live sessions. So they would list out these topics, and then we would go cover them. Right? It's like TDD. Let's go first. First lesson: start TDD API. <laughs> so mm. You can just tell nobody. Nobody knew anything, uh, or very few people did. You know, out of mm-hmm. twenty thirty, um, the some of the questions, the questions were very interesting because they were either like super advanced which is like one or two people in the whole class. Mm-hmm. Or very basic. Mm-hmm. Or uh, you would give them an answer, and you can just tell they didn't understand the basics, right? So like mm-hmm. you can't TDD if you don't know like basic object-oriented programming principles. Mm-hmm. Um, just like objects and things like that, right? Or 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 uh, pass by reference versus pass by value. Like I'll pass this object in and this happens, right? And it's like, well, how does that work? And right, like, this was
0: like a, a one-room schoolhouse. You had all levels in one room. Yeah. Yeah. How'd that go?
1: Yeah, it, I mean, it went as, as what you would expect, right? And yeah. so at the end, there you always could find a few people that were just like, that was the most amazing thing ever. I can't believe I paid 50 bucks for it. And, uh, we, you know, did this for like months, right? A couple months, um, just meeting three times a week uh, for hours. And I was very, I was younger, more energetic, <laughs> right? <laughs> just spent hours with people. It doesn't really matter. And, um, you know, it, it was totally... Um, chaotic as you would expect right and i remember we had this we even built like some apps because you know i'm a programmer i like to build stuff i built like in-house apps to track attendance and all this stuff and we would show everybody like hoping to shame them into attending but the histogram of the attendance as the weeks go by so the y-axis would be like the people right like Mm -hmm. it'd be like joe bob etc right like the y-axis the x-axis is time like week one week two so on and so forth. day one day two and you just see the slope it's just like a perfect Mm -hmm. triangle going down like every every session we lose two people kind of thing right Mm -hmm. by the end by basically the last quarter of the course we're doing basically one-on-two one-on-one it's Um, the people who
0: are like this is amazing i can't believe i paid 50 bucks for this
1: i can't believe i paid 50 bucks for this and um and that was an interesting experience, right? And what I realized is people, like, why do, they, why do they ask for these things if they don't know basic programming foundations? Why do they ask to learn APIs and TDD and frameworks and all this stuff? Um, and what they're doing is they're looking at job postings, right? Mm-hmm. They're looking at job postings, and then they're saying, okay, cool. Like, these are the things, these are the skills that I need to get a job at this company. They're all asking for these skills. So then I want to learn these skills. And over time, what I realized is that's like looking at the job posting of like a, like a neural surgeon and not having taken like biology one-on-one or anatomy yeah. one-on-one and going day one, oh, they're
0: like, what's an API?
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, I want to build know.
0: APIs. So what's an API? I don't,
1: I don't know what HTTP is, Yeah, but I want to build APIs. And it's like, wow, mm-hmm. no, you have to know what HTTP is. Right. And so. What's not listed in the job description for a neurosurgeon is biology one-on-one. That's just it's assumed. implied. It's implied. It, it, there's all these like advanced knowledge of tools, processes, m- machines, software, practices, things like that, right? It it's not gonna be like anatomy one-on-one. Um and so in 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 our field, um it, it, and I feel like in, a, in the in a medical field that's pretty obvious, but in our field it's less obvious, right? Uh, why can't I learn APIs? Why can't I learn TDD? Why can't I learn how to use a framework and build build my idea? Mm-hmm. So the reaction to that was t Leaf Academy. So t Leaf mm-hmm. Academy was was like, okay, we, we've done this for like a year or something like that. Learned a lot, or maybe it was six months. I forget, but it was it was a you know not an insignificant. We did did that training thing a couple times at least, mm-hmm. and it's just saw the same things over and over, and was like, well, this is very unsatisfying, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and T-Leaf Academy was a solution to that. So first of all, T-Leaf Academy courses were self-paced, right? So self-paced, that was number one. No, not, no more live instruction. We still did live, live, uh, sessions on Saturdays <laughs> just to, just to, uh, do some live component, but everybody was already self-paced. Like prior to T-Leaf Academy, those sessions, everybody was basically like, are these recorded? Are these recorded? Uh, <laughs> because they're not going to attend They're like, I, you know, I can't follow, but I want to. I want to save the recording for the future. Um, so for Teeth Academy, they're all recorded. Um, and we broke up into a four, uh, four month, it's self paced, but we estimate four months, right? Mm-hmm. So the first course was one month. The second course was one month. The third course was two months. The entire sequence costs about $2,500, mm-hmm. um, ish. I forget exactly how much it is, but something like that. First course, but our, our one month course was meant to slowly ramp people up. Right? introduction to programming networking databases mm-hmm. one course no 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 frameworks um, but those foundational concepts that we thought would ramp people up course mm-hmm. two was a one-month course on introduction to to rails a framework mm-hmm. like building a prototype with it course three was all the stuff that people listed TDD, APIs, integrating with like payment processors, building your own SaaS product uh, that can take uh, monthly recurring payments. Um, everything's TDD'd, right? Unit tests, integration tests, functional tests, um, um, integrating with third party uh, providers, sending emails, et cetera, et cetera, right? That's the third course.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, being in Launch School, you know how hilarious that curriculum is because That's Launch a lot. School Core is nothing but the first course. Yeah. Is nothing but Yeah, well but. I was
0: thinking that sounds a lot more like a normal, quote unquote, boot camp that we see now. So I'm interested in how that went.
1: Yeah. That that was better than than the first one, <laughs> but <laughs> nonetheless, there were we had graduates that I I would say it's 50/50. 50/50 shot in terms of whether or not they really understood things and whether or not they were job ready um and if they were not job ready it was due to a couple things one is they really didn't take time to learn a material we didn't have assessments i should mention right it was just coursework and we would check on people like hey did you how was the first would your course did you enjoy it yeah i loved it did you how'd you like this and that oh it was great awesome right glad glad mm-hmm. you had a good time go to the next course right um and when people went finished this course went and applied for jobs you know some people would ace interviews and do really well other people would not at all i remember i actually um, referred uh, a couple of our graduates to some contacts i had and this is when i can really talk to both sides i can talk to the employer and i saw i can also talk to the candidate right mm-hmm. uh and i thought these these graduates were really really good know their stuff
2: mm-hmm.
1: crash and burn come back you know and i say why what happened they're like, well, they just asked me some questions that uh, I just wasn't ready for. i like, what questions? They're like this question. I'm like, oh, that's perfect. We actually covered that exact exercise in our curriculum. It's uh-huh. like, no, I just That froze. was
0: course one.
1: <laughs> that was course one or two. I just froze. I just froze, right? Uh-huh. Or I'll, I'll I'll go talk to um, the employer side, right? They'll just be like, yeah, they, I don't know what to do. You know, like, I trust you, Chris. I trust you. You know, I trust that you know what you're talking about. But they just didn't perform. I just can't um, hire
0: them based on that. Yeah, yeah
1: it's just, and, and you know, I had my, I had my, uh, my employee, my, my software engineer interviewing them and they just completely froze. And mm-hmm. hearing a lot of these stories made me realize there's two problems here with the curriculum. One is uh, making sure people truly understand something before moving forward, right? Like in course three, where we do all this advanced stuff, so many questions came up. And if you really zoom in on like why they don't understand It's like they don't understand the foundations covered in course one,
2: Mm -hmm. right?
1: And then I'm like, oh, remember this from course one? It's like I kind of do, but I, you know, to be honest, I went through that kind of fast because I really want to get here. It's like, well, now that you're here, how how do you feel? It's like, well, you know, I, it it feels really, really um, chaotic and difficult to process. Very, very complex, right? The complexity Mm -hmm. compounds. Yeah, and and then people just feel like, oh, I can't do it because of the, mm-hmm. the co- compounding complexity. And the way you tackle compounding complexity is to deconstruct concepts and be sit with it, right, um, individually before mm-hmm. you compound them together. So the the so that's one the the complex, and the two is just the interview performance. That's another thing I noticed is so many people would say. I froze. I wasn't ready for the interview. And then we added mock interviews. We added mock interviews, but that was really not useful because they would have an interview coming up, you know, next Tuesday and we would do a mock interview Thursday and then they would bomb the mock interview. And then I would say, great, good luck Tuesday. (laughs) There's not enough time to do anything about that. Right. So now I know and you know, we both now know you freeze on interviews. Are you going to postpone your Tuesday interview? What are you going to do? Right? Are you just not going to interview, like, just walk away from it because you're not ready? Mm-hmm. Or take it and likely experience a similar thing again, right? You have mm-hmm. a better chance now that you know and have experienced a mock interview, but, you know, just a couple of days a week is not enough time, right? Mm-hmm. So mock interviews were good, but they didn't really fully solve the problem.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So these two issues consistently came up. Just people not being ready to do the stuff in Course 3,
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, then, and then getting crushed by the format of the interviews. Mm-hmm. So then the next iteration of education curriculum really wanted to address these two particular issues, right? Came up with a couple things, as you know now. First is assessments, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and second is exposing people to interviews, ASAP. It's a feature. <laughs> it's supposed to be a feature, right? And you're like, I don't <laughs> want that feature. I just want to learn stuff. Literally every other place does that, right? logical is like the only one that um, exposes people to rigorous um, interview quality uh, assessments uh, early. And again, it's supposed to be like a notification to you and say, because we've done it the other way and there's not enough time to deal with it, right? Mm-hmm. So if you know you freeze on interviews, you know that um, you quote unquote know the material, but I can't do it on interviews, Right. Or this is like a, you're being too strict, right? Logical, you're being too strict. Um, it's more or less a notification for you that when you go to job interviews, that's what they want,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? And it's, starting it's less, early, right? And now you have a chance to correct that or to take action on that. It doesn't have to be at law school, but you you you're now aware versus having gone through this whole thing. Um, so that's one thing I r- felt really bad about Teeth Academy. A- awesome course. Um, there are, we, we, we have graduates uh, that have launched great careers out of th- those set of courses. Um, but we also have a lot of people who finished it and really don't have anything to show for it. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, they, they went through it quickly and, you know, didn't really master material. Right. So launch school is, 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 if you contrast launch school with t Academy, it's really revealing. We mm. did like a 180.
2: Mm.
1: Like the entirety of the core curriculum is that first course. Yeah. Right? Like there's no, the, the, the two other courses, the three months out of the four months of the t Academy courses are not at, are not in the core curriculum.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? So we did a complete 180. On top of that, we added assessments. So that's the context. Now that's in that blog article. Um, so if you've read it, I'm sorry, just re- just you know repeated it but um, but if you haven't read it, hopefully that was uh, illuminating for like why how we got to our current state in launch school.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. and it's easy to see how you know coming from the industry, you didn't foresee people needing an entire core curriculum of that first course. You are yeah. like variable scoping. Next, you know, and actually, <laughs> yeah. people need a lot more than that, especially not if they even don't variable have much scoping. Experience.
1: Yeah, and it just you just kind of zoom into people. Like, where are you stuck? It's like you're stuck on this. How come you're stuck on that? Oh, you don't understand this concept.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Why don't you understand that concept? Oh, it's not covered. Okay, then we, just, we deconstruct it. Like, pass by ver- reference versus pass by value. Why are we mm-hmm. so like fanatical about that? Is because when you get to later topics where we just assume you know it. You won't be able to debug your way out of it. Right. Mm-hmm. Or variable scoping. Why right? do you have to memorize all the variable scoping rules? Same reason, right? You won't be mm-hmm. able to control your code if you are not aware of the scope of your variables. Um mm-hmm. and so these are just like it's like the multiplication table, right? Mm-hmm. You're gonna need it. Um, and you you need to memorize it. Um mm-hmm. some, some things, some things need, yeah. need memorization, right?
0: Right. And to make the most use out of your time and instruction, right, I have to be able to, as an instructor, assume that you know these things and that you know them well and can apply them. Um,
1: Yeah, that was the hardest part about um, the live synchronous courses was you can just tell some people had a lot of experience. Um, They were already working developers for many, many years, so they were able to keep up. Um, And then, like, the vast majority were not. But the vast majority who were not did not feel comfortable asking any questions. Mm -hmm. And and um, they can tell, too, like, as me as an instructor, I was, like, ready to move forward, too, right? Mm-hmm. I, I wanted to, like, keep showing the cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, 90% of the class would just suppress their questions and confusion yeah. because they know that if we were to really make sure everyone's clear, we would be talking about variable scope for the next hour, <laughs> right? Right, yeah. Um, and then the next lesson would be, you know, mutation. And the next lesson would be, like, some very basic thing versus TDD and mm-hmm. API, um, but then yet, yeah, there was a couple of people that can that seemed to be a follow along. So everyone just kind of chills and this becomes basically a live session for two people. This mm-hmm. becomes a course for two people mm-hmm. right um and and that was a dynamic that was pretty evident in in a in a live setting. Um, mm-hmm. and it's very, you know, it's pretty wild because we are just teaching people with like I don't know what grade you're in in terms of uh, the technical competency, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, At least in school, if you're teaching like high school juniors, you know that they're like, hopefully they, they got some ability coming into as a high school junior. Uh, when you're just teaching um, the general public, you, you don't know what the baseline is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's difficult. People self-assess, it's just like, oh, I'm really good at this. And then it turns out they're not. Or like, they're like, I'm not good at this. And it turns out they are. So mm-hmm. the self-assessments aren't, don't really uh, aren't really accurate either.
0: Right. Uh, great. Well, that that's a great introduction. I learned a lot in that. I think the article covered some, but it was interesting to hear from you firsthand. Uh, it kind of is a nice segue into some of the assessment related questions that we have. And I think you touched on some of these reasons in that uh, little brief, but there's still some I think that you might have something to add on to. Um, so first, I just want to, there's, always some people out there who want to know like why do we have to do interview assessments you know the person who has social anxiety or the person you know who is just like this is really hard for me i you know i can't do this i can learn the content but don't put me on the spot like that like why do i have to
1: i mean that's just how employers interview um the mandate for launch school uh is to drive people to high-paying jobs you, if you remove that mandate, then we can remove the interviews, right? Um, just like what I saw in T-Leaf Academy, it's, it's like, you're going to, you're going to experience this. And the question is, do you want to experience this with an actual company that you're interviewing with? Or do you want to experience it in a, like a safer educational setting? Um, and so like, we've done it the other way, we've done it the way where we didn't have a- interviews and like i said the graduates are 50/50 right um mm-hmm. some people you know they're 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 naturally good Well, i should say naturally but they're good interviewers from a pre- from their previous experience somehow yeah. right whether from school or from their previous work or whatever they've already learned that skill mm-hmm. what i want to my hope for expo- for for exposing people to interviews so early is that if you don't it's actually for people that are that are actually struggling with interviews it's not for people who don't struggle with interviews right it's a it's a feature of like notice that you struggle with interviews work to address it Mm -hmm. right versus finishing the entirety of the curriculum and then and then getting still not being able to get a job because of not because of technical ability but because of your interview performance yeah right um so that's that's the goal that's Mm -hmm. the goal um it's it's not meant to be punitive at all.
0: Yeah, right. It's an opportunity. It's a sometimes painful and uncomfortable opportunity, but it's an opportunity. And uh, I, in my soft skills workshop that I run, I always tell people that if you totally flop at a job interview, they're not going to call you afterwards and give you feedback on how you did, right? They're not going to say, Oh, you know what, George, like you did well on this aspect, but actually this thing you did came off as a bit childish or unprofessional and the way you did this, you know, so it's an opportunity that even if you do not, you know, pass with flying colors, you get feedback and that's great.
1: Yeah. I feel like social media, Reddit full of uh, confusion on the job hunt right? They're asking for this. I did everything. I answered the question perfectly. How come I didn't get moved forward? How come? Um, they're not going to tell you, like, oh, you said something inappropriate, or uh, you hemmed and hawed for too long, or you had, like, all these awkward pauses. They're not mm-hmm. going to say that, right? Yeah. Like, in our assessments, we actually list it out. Um, and and just, in, you know, at launch school, that's our job, right? So, hopefully, mm-hmm. people don't get mad at us. This is, you know, our... our our job is to uh, give you feedback, right? You sign up for that (laughs) Um, and we try to do it nicely. But it's one of the few places where you will get feedback about that, right? Um, And it's not, assessments aren't meant to be um, a, a perfect thing. But I think what's hard about interviews and people don't realize is that there is a performative aspect of interviews that is beyond the curriculum of law school to teach. But I do want you to feel it. There's a performative aspect to it. So it's not just like, I know the material, why can't I pass?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's that you have to perform the recitation of that knowledge and mastery in an interview setting.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You have to perform it, mm-hmm. you know? And that's what people are looking for, Um now, you could question why our companies intervening this way, et cetera, et cetera. But, um, th- you know, that's beyond the scope of what we do, right? We mm-hmm. can say they are intervening this way, and so therefore we're going to try to expose you to it early. Um, but I think there is a lot to be said about the work having a large performative aspect as well in terms of communicating with colleagues, mm-hmm. meetings giving presentations, giving demos. These are all performances, right? Mm-hmm. And you need to be able to do that at a very baseline level. It's not mm-hmm. just about, I understand the code in my head, but I can't really express it to anybody else. Yeah. Right? But if you give me code, I can solve it.
0: Mm-hmm. It's like, well, well, what about the other people working on the project with you, yeah. right?
1: Yeah. yeah. The proof is
0: in the pudding with those other interviews we've been doing with Capstone grads, where every single one of them is saying... I have, the huge part of my job is communicating with other people, meetings, um, you know, being put on the spot, being put under pressure. Um, great. So it's an opportunity. If you have fun and enjoy it, that's great. If it's a struggle, you know, it's an opportunity for growth. It's
1: for the people who struggle, frankly yeah. speaking. It's, it's right. you know, the people who already are great speakers from, a, a, you know, a job or school or whatever. Great. Mm-hmm. Time to form. Happy to have you. Mm-hmm. But I actually feel like the interviews are for people who struggle the most. It's like, mm-hmm. good. I'm so glad we detected that early mm-hmm. versus what happened at t Academy where we did mock interviews. It's like, good luck tomorrow. Sorry, yeah. that was terrible. But, uh, you know, let yeah. me know how it goes tomorrow and it won't be better tomorrow, right?
0: Yeah. And the students who have a hard time in the beginning, I've seen a ton of growth, mostly in confidence, um, a ton of growth from that first interview to, you know, the interview at the end of the back end curriculum, just huge growth. So, um, they're good. Okay. Uh, next let's talk about, and I think this question comes mostly from people who don't actually end up signing up for launch school, but, um, it's a valid question, which is there's this kind of like not yet limit that if we get six, not yet, you may be asked to leave. um, If I want to give you money to access your curriculum, why would you say no, Chris? That seems silly.
1: Yeah. So uh, we have to have some limit. um, And so we have a limit. Um, The reality is that it's not like a surprise. Um, I've always said this. I think Launch School is designed. I feel like, you know, I, 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 I wrote an article about like being an education engineer, right? I don't. Think of myself as like a teacher or educator, but I bring like that software engineering mindset to processes and trade offs, analyzing trade offs. And that's how I think about education. And I think Launch School, as currently designed from free prep to uh, low monthly payment, well, low in quotes, right? Low, <laughs> um, for core to then high severe pay and capstone, that is designed very deliberately, you know, from a process standpoint. And in core, there's a lot of positive outcomes, including coming to check us out for a month or two and then saying, this is not for me. I don't like the interviews. I'm going to cons- go go do something else. Totally okay. I don't like the fact, you know, how you guys write or whatever. Totally fine. If you are here for a long time and you're making progress, you're going to level up. You're, you're, it's mandatory in a mastery-based system, right? So as long as you're making progress, you're going to level up. The... Only negative outcome is if you're here for a long time and you don't make progress. Um, I don't want your money in that case. Mm -hmm. I don't want you to be here in that case. When you have a lot of not yet, that's the situation we're in, Mm -hmm. right? We're in a situation of like not being able to make progress and um, and spending a lot of money, and and you're at risk at that Mm -hmm. point of 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 that like one negative outcome. That, that, can, mm-hmm. that can be true in core, right? Not worried when people come and go in core. Happy for that. Um, happy also when people finish core, right? Or make significant progress in core. Mm-hmm. But if you're not making progress and you're paying a lot of paying money, month after month after month, don't want that. Mm-hmm. So we we, we want to talk to people about like what what's going on? How come all these not yet are happening? Um, are we not... Giving the right advice. Are you not taking action on that advice? Is there not enough time in a day in your schedule? What is it? What can we do to help? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And we we just want to talk about that and and we talk to students well before they reach the limit of six. Not yet. Right. You know, right. At, at the point of six, I think it's what we're saying is at that point we we reserve the right to end this relationship, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. Because something's happening here that just, it's not aligned. Something's not aligned, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, And and again, I want to avoid that worst case scenario.
0: Yeah. So that's a very, like, the individual perspective. And something that I think of when I think of students, you know, being asked to leave, I think usually it doesn't happen. I think usually students choose to leave on their own. But something that I love about Launch School and that I'm always talking about in study groups is that Uh, everyone here is so excited to learn and there's such a high standard and the students, the student base, everyone here holds themselves to such a high standard. So I think that's kind of the community part of that too is that there's a high bar for, you know, we're not too cool for school. We're not just sliding by. We're not C's get degrees. Um, So do you think that's also like a benefit? (laughs) I've not heard
1: that. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I think this is also... um... You know, for me, when I, whenever I learn something, I'm, I, I'm just about, show me where the bar is, show me how high to jump. Um, but if you don't show me, that's on you. But if you show me and I don't do the work, that's on me, right? And the assessments are calibrated with our student body, right? So it's, it's what we expect software engineers to know um, and to be able to perform on interviews, right? So it's not enough to know and not be able to perform. You have to know and perform it because that's what the job is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so our student body here is all about that, right? Um, if you don't have that uh, prior to coming along to law school, then it's about establishing those abilities and skills, mm-hmm. both the knowing and the performing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, student body is the key. It's the absolute yeah. key. And it's not like 90% people don't pass the assessments. We calibrate it, too, you know? We we also carefully monitor our assessments to to see, right, mm-hmm. if if people are not passing. Like when we first started launch school, uh, you know, we were we were very worried about the assessments, mm-hmm. right? We just, uh, and everybody who took one, we were just asking them questions left and right afterwards about it, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Um, so because those assess- assessments in the early days were not as calibrated, now mm-hmm. they are. They're very calibrated now. Um, And so now I think, unless we made like a terrible mistake on a new assessment or something like that. But now I think it's more, how come everyone else is passing and you're not? And what can you do to pass? I think that should be the question. Mm -hmm. Um, Not like this assessment is unreasonably difficult. Because Mm -hmm. the pass rate is very high for these assessments. I can tell you that. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not low. It's much higher than you would expect.
0: Yeah, Yeah. And tons of feedback tons of feedback. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, for like the people listening, you fill out feedback after an assessment. And um, there have been so many times just since I've been a TA where someone feels like there's a little bit of a miswording of a question or kind of a gotcha and that gets addressed. So, I mean, over the years, I think the assessments have been several iterations it's not just like a jump through this hoop, right? It gets changed yeah. and modified.
1: When did we do the launch school started in the December 2015? So uh, we're coming out at the end of, you know, uh, 2023. That'd be, that'd be eight years, right? Mm-hmm. Eight full years. Um, and especially the early assessments. I think those are the the, the most battle-tested, mm-hmm. right? Calibrated. Yeah. or most mm-hmm. calibrated. Um, so I think it's one of those things like, hey, if, if all the other software engineers... Future software engineers and can't do this, right? Rise to the challenge is kind of how I uh, how I uh, try to encourage people to think about it. Rise to mm-hmm. the challenge, and then and you're gonna you're, you go out there outside of launch school, you're gonna do great. People are gonna be like, "Whoa, what did you learn to speak like that? What did you, you, are you learn so precise. Perform? Yeah. What did you learn how to perform like that? What did you learn how to communicate like that? Mm-hmm. I was forced to. I was forced to at launch school, right? And totally. and you'll impress people, right? Yeah, that's the goal.
0: Okay, so this one's a bit related, but maybe you can just kind of wrap up for us on the assessment part um, that people kind of hear these rumors that someone can get a not yet, right? A block that says you have to go back and retake this assessment with a grade of a B. I mean, a B is not a bad grade, right? So why is the standard so high for passing an assessment?
1: So this is true, especially for interviews. I, I already said interviews was there's a performative aspect to this performances are judged subjectively. So there's a little bit of subjective judgment here for sure. Um, We do our best to be objective. Um, We have uh, multiple people that can look at performances and Mm -hmm. give a score, Um, but sometimes it's uh, on the fence. And um, it, it, it just, there's enough hesitation to to warrant a not yet right so um, and I think I just want to separate knowing the content versus being able to perform the the exercise. I want to just separate those two things because I get, I hear so much of like I know the material, how come I can't pass? And what I want to say is it's not enough to know the material. You have to be able to perform the material. In the context of that performance, whatever it is, and and this is what work is, right? Mm-hmm. When you talk to a colleague, right? When you give a presentation, um, the, the, these these are these are skills that are required, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why sometimes even though um, the score is relatively high, like a B, B is great. Having B level knowledge in our assessment, I think it's a it's an achievement,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, but yet you still might get a not yet. Right. You still might get a not yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and and this goes back to also job interviews. I mean, I don't know that you can aim for a B on a job interview. Right. Um, You have to aim for an a plus uh, and then you have a chance. Right. You mm-hmm. have a chance. So it's also just priming our students to, to aim for perfection, knowing that you're not going to hit it. Mm-hmm. And so that if you do slip, you slip to an A minus or an A or something like that. Um, right. And that's how you're going to do well on job interviews too, right? Mm-hmm. You aim for that really, really perfect score.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I think this is one of those things where like, if you were to hire like a car mechanic to fix your car, would you be like, hey, I have an A car mechanic and I have a B car? You'd be like, "Uh, definitely not B, right? Yeah. Like I need my car. <laughs> Do so I have a choice? Th- right? Yeah, it's one of those things where just like, I think we put so much demands on others, like other vendors that we deal with in day-to-day life and somehow we don't put those demands on ourselves when we're trying to train. And, and I feel like if you, if you want high-paying roles, what does that mean? You're going to work on critical systems, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to work on important systems. Mm-hmm. Okay, just think about the software you use. Do you want B level knowledge person to work on that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I I just feel like putting that demand for excellence that we have for everyone else, and to just like turn it into ourselves,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? And that's what we're trying to coach people into at launch school. Getting a not yet is not the end of the world. It's a mm-hmm. safe place to do so. Everywhere else in the world, they don't give you a B in and a not yet. They just say. Nice meeting you. You were great. We're looking for more experience. And so, you know, Reddit is full of this confusion. Like, why would they interview me if they're looking for more experience? You know, my resume is already there. That's just what they say. Mm. (laughs) You know, that's a generic saying. It's not the reason. Um, The real reason is not stated. You know, yeah, they don't want to make anybody mad or anything like that. They don't want pushback. It's like, well, I disagree with this assessment. (laughs) It's like, God, you know, forget it, right? Um, They're not going to change their mind, right? So um, getting a B, getting a not yet, and not all Bs are not yet, I should say. We also have a uh, conditional pass as well. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we feel like people are on the fence. They're, Mm -hmm. you know, pretty good, but they have a couple holes here, and we want them to fulfill some condition, Um, Mm -hmm. and then that's a pass. So yeah. there's a lot of fuzziness here, for sure.
0: And I think that's kind of the big picture answer. And uh, as someone in the curriculum, the kind of immediate answer as well is that it's easier to spend a couple more weeks studying in RB109 or JS109 and really solidifying your knowledge of these basic concepts than it is to move on to learning object-oriented concepts, but still having to use a bunch of your you know, working memory to think about these basic concepts that you haven't nailed down yet. So really, it's a favor to you in a sense that it sets you up for success in later courses.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've seen what happens with B-level knowledge. I mean, mm-hmm. I, 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 we just talked about t Academy courses, right? Mm-hmm. Um, no assessments, right? Mm-hmm. And so what happens? More confusion is what happens. That, that that's 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 what happens, right? So I've seen it or it's a 50/50 chance right and so all we're saying is this instead of finishing a curriculum where you have a 50/50 chance of like bombing you're going to have a you're going to have a much higher chance of doing well you have a mm-hmm. 10% chance or less of bombing let's put it let's yeah. say something like that right it's not zero but it's going to be you're going to be far more prepared And so like where do you want to experience that do you want to experience right. that when you're interviewing with jobs at companies or do you want to experience it in the core curriculum a safe space right, right. yeah yeah it's it's kind of rare to say I don't want to experience it anywhere, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. It's just like well, then you're I fully wish, formed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then you're fully formed. You don't. Then it doesn't matter if you do launch school or a boot camp or read a couple books. Just do whatever you want. You're good. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, the interviews and all this, you know, assessments is for people who are like, look, I I don't I don't want to take my chances, you know, on an interview and 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 cross my fingers and see what happens. Right. Because, um, yeah, we used to not we used to not have that. I mean, t Academy could have been a thing. Um, mm-hmm. we, we've had we've had six people get six figure jobs out of our t Academy courses. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, we, we had that. But just right. the hit rate wasn't high.
2: Yeah. Right.
1: Whereas the core curriculum, my goodness. I mean, um, ver- I, I don't I don't think I know anybody who can't get a job out of the core curriculum. I know I, that's a common question. I mean, I just like I know there are people right now graduates of a core program who are looking for jobs, mm-hmm. um, which is fine. Uh, it's a tough market right now, but I, I think they'll get, they'll land, you know, they yeah. will land, but it's, I, I don't see anybody, you know, core graduates that just are totally lost and confused and yeah. feel it was like a total waste of time and, 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 you know, back to square one type of thing. Right.
0: Yeah. Right. Great. Well, I think I just have one more assessment related question. Uh, and this one, there's a few people out there who have done a lot of self-taught work or maybe they even have a computer science degree and they want to know, why can't I test out of core? I just want to do capstone. I want to make a project. I want career support. Why won't you let me?
1: Yeah. And I think the answer here is that vast majority of people overestimate what they know. <laughs> um, that That's just what I've been seeing, right? And, but if let's say, you're somebody who did not overestimate it and you know everything it's great you can actually just test out of it by doing the assessments directly one after the other after the other right. there's no limit
0: on the number of assessments no. you can take it you know in a month no, or whatever
1: you, no you can do them all in like two days uh, yeah just one after the other if you want um <laughs> you gotta i guess you gotta wait for us to, to grade your assessment but yeah <laughs>
2: yeah
1: it's, okay it, 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 there, you, that's our test. There's no other test. Um, I have, I'll, I'll give an anecdotal answer here. Um, so, this is many years ago, but somebody came in and said, I have, I have like five years experience. Um, can I just test, test out of it? And he's very, very persistent over email. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, let's hop on a call. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know this email is like not working. <laughs> right. So mm-hmm. we, so we hopped on a, on a call. Um, and he was just trying to like express why, he, he needs to go to the core curriculum why can't I test and i'm like so you want me to just like ask you questions like in an interview and he's like, yeah just do it and i'm like well that but that's what the assessments are and he yeah. goes yeah but i want it i want like one interview <laughs> i'm like okay so you want to just do like what you want to like, compress it into one interview like just do like a special thing for you and i'm like i'm not gonna do that that's that's like a lot of time for me to do right mm-hmm. and um and I might do it if you like ace the first couple assessments and then you come and you're like hey this is way too easy yeah right maybe like show me something right otherwise uh, you're probably overestimating and underestimating our curriculum overestimating what you know right mm-hmm. that's that's going to be my assumption unless mm-hmm. you can prove otherwise yeah. um so he so i convinced him to at least do one assessment the normal way because I'm not mm-hmm. like all right if you if you ace that like maybe I'll talk to you, right? I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll revisit this conversation. So convinced him to take the first assessment. And as he was studying her, he goes he sent me an email. Uh, and he's like, Yeah, I, I I see why you're why you won't let people skip now. Um, mm-hmm. and the funny thing is this, he was so impressed by this process and how strictly we adhere to this. Uh, later he became an engineering manager himself and hiring. And he hired he, he's hired a bunch of caps and grads <laughs> so um, and he's never finished core by the way but right but he never um, I, I forget if he actually even did an assessment or two or not um, but I think it's one of those things where we have to hold the bar for this to work at all mm-hmm. you know if we say well yeah if this situation you can do this and if that situation you can do that um. That's the whole point of these assessments. That's the mm-hmm. entire point. And frankly, everyone like employers are impressed that we do this. Mm-hmm. Right. And this is why they have confidence to hire logical grads. Mm-hmm. If we gave all sorts of exceptions and all of a sudden it's it's meaningless again, right? Yeah. It doesn't mean anything right. to pass an assessment. Mm-hmm. So um so yeah. So uh the answer is no. <laughs> you mm-hmm. can't test out. Or in or, a sense,
0: the answer is yes, right? Um, there's no one's going to come and say, hey, you went through this course too quickly. Slow it no, down. Yeah. You know, you can right. test out. It's not like there's 100 assessments either. There's not a ton. Um, yeah. So if you want to go through the curriculum really quickly, you can.
1: Yeah. And also just like, like usually people ask that question because they want to participate in a capstone. And it's like, capstone is not magic. Right. Capstone mm-hmm. assumes that you've passed all the assessments, that you know all the stuff in core, and we just throw things at you and then we wanna talk about it. It's like mm-hmm. here's a thing, we wanna talk about it. Mm-hmm. Here's Docker, we wanna talk f- about it.
0: Yeah. It's not yeah, fair c- to the other capstone people on your team if you haven't been held to that standard, right?
1: Yeah. Can you can you can you do that? Right. Yeah. Like here's 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 an article on Golang, we wanna mm-hmm. talk about it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Right, and so you got to be able to like do all this and consume all this knowledge, um, and it's 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 calibrated towards core graduates, mm-hmm. right? So
0: yeah, um, and one more thing on that is just that there's also the non-technical aspect, and that is a part of getting admitted into Capstone, right? Is how you perform non-technically. Non-techn- so even if you could pass this like grand, you know, boss level assessment, you know, are you pleasant to work with, like? Am I gonna want to put you on a team with other people who have passed all of these things?
1: Man, that is that is the that is the absolute meta skill at launch school. It's actually so much more than technical. Like the technical stuff I almost feel like is the easiest thing to teach now mm-hmm. that, you know, now that we're here with our curriculum and wonderful student body, community, staff, exercise, you know, we got the technical stuff covered, but this is why the workshops you're doing and the other workshop leads. Um is so important. We have the smooth mm-hmm. start thing going on. Um, so important. And in smooth start, it's non-technical. We cover study habits, we cover community, we cover um how to basically be a great colleague, be a great student at launch school, which is exactly the same skill set that you need to be a great colleague, especially in a remote setting. You know, a lot of jobs are remote now, so um, how do you how do you behave in a remote setting? How do you learn uh, on the job? How do you? It's all these things, right? How do you take notes? How do you um, think about work? How do you take apart work? Uh, these things are so 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 important. And studying mm-hmm. for the assessments, it's just like going to college. It's not. It it it's, it's like oh, I can watch all these YouTube videos. I don't need to go to college. <laughs> it's like you, well. I don't know, you, you, you learn a lot of different things, right? Mm-hmm. By joining clubs and, and other stuff that's going on. Yeah. So there's a lot of other things that's going on at launch school as you prepare for assessments, as you meet people, as you participate in study groups, as you join these workshops, as you listen to the podcast. Mm-hmm. That hopefully slowly changes your mind about what it means to be a software engineer. And it's definitely not just like generating code. Mm-hmm. It's definitely not just generating code. You know, I was talking to just yesterday, I was talking to somebody who is uh, really young, uh, going to participate in Capstone. Um, he, you know, just finished college a few months ago, and, um, you know, already finished core, um, you know, obviously, very, very capable technically, but very, very, very fresh on what it means to be a professional remote worker, what right. it means to be a great colleague, Right, and everyone thinks about like I want a job that like I'll get mentored, uh, I'll get this, I'll get this. And I'm like, don't forget the job. You have to think about how you contribute. Yeah. Right. Don't don't forget that part. Right. You want yeah. all these things out of your job. Don't forget to.
0: to what do you bring They're to paying the you a table? lot of money.
1: Yeah, yeah. So you have to do the things that you want from them. Mm-hmm. I want them to help me. I want people to be great. I want people to be this and that. Mm -hmm. Okay. How do you get there? You have to be that to get there.
0: Yeah. Why don't you try helping out some of your peers and Mm -hmm. interacting and stuff like that? Yeah.
1: Exactly. So these are the things you learn as you participate in a program like Launch School that I think is in some ways more important. Mm -hmm. And in some ways, the harder thing to learn Mm -hmm. than technical concepts. Right. Um, And, and, I I feel like just uh, that mindset of, like, flipping it around to, like, what can I contribute is so, so critical and so important, right? Mm -hmm. Um, um, It's like you're seeing other students do stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And you're like, okay, why can't I do stuff? You can, and you should. (laughs) And that's how you you become a good worker, too. Yeah. Right? Work is so, especially, um, this is something I said yesterday to that, student um and and he seemed to be caught off guard by it but for people with a lot of work experience know this intuitively which is the higher paying the role the more unstructured it is right so it's not like you go to work i can generate code give me tests i'll make the tests pass i'll shut off my laptop and that's it right it's like those uh, youtube videos like a day in the life of a google engineer and all Mm -hmm. they do is like eat work out (laughs) You know, and it's just like, and they're coding by themselves. They're not talking to anybody. It's just like that's not that's not real. That's, that's, that's not, not real. real at all. Um, yeah. So much of it is figuring out what to do. So much of it is talking to people to figure out what to do. You mm-hmm. know, and and once you figure out what to do, doing it is actually um, sort of the easier part of this whole thing. So the higher paying jobs the more unstructured it is. The lower the paying mm-hmm. jobs are actually more structured. And so if you want higher and higher paying jobs, you have to learn to, to find work, to find work that is impactful, to understand what is impactful, mm-hmm. right? It's like, how do I find where's impactful? Who's gonna tell me that? You have to know what is impactful. How do I know what's impactful? You have to talk to everybody and understand the larger context of the environment that you're in, your department, your team, your company, the industry.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? You have to have some intuition about these things so then you know what's impactful. So then you can go do work that goes there, right? The higher you go, the less people tell you what to do.
2: Mm-hmm. Right.
1: Because right. people think it's just it's like, it's like uh give me this assignment, I'll do it. It's not like that. If you want mm-hmm. high paying roles. Great. So these are things that you can learn in, in, in a in, again, relatively safe environment, um, you know, uh, whether it's leading um, a spot session or participating in the various groups that we have um, or doing, you know, we have these tech talks that I have an open call for. No one really does them. I, have, I think mm-hmm. we have one coming up, which is good. Um, but, you know, these are all things that people can do. Unfortunately, the cost is always time, right? So,
2: yeah.
0: Right. Great. Well, I think we really covered assessments. I feel like if you didn't know why we had assessments before, you must know now. Um, Let's move on to talking about the curriculum a little bit. Um, How do you decide the level of difficulty, right? Because Mm. very fluid, we could have much, much more in core, right? We could learn much more or we can learn much less. So how do you determine that?
1: Yeah. So when we first started Launch School, obviously, it was like my take. But I thought it was a good take because at that point, again, I already had like 10 years experience, I was doing a lot of hiring. And also, I was already teaching for like three years at that time, three or four years at that time already, right? So Mm -hmm. um, um, it was was my take, at at, uh, my shot at it. And over the last eight years, um, it's been a constant iteration process. It's been a constant calibration exercise. And really, it's about observing our capstone alumni. Um, you know, I've said this many times already, but you know, we've added a lot more to our networking course. We've decreased the severity of our SQL course because it was a little bit too severe. We've made the HTML CSS assessment optional, right? We've added TypeScript recently, right? So all these changes to the core curriculum um, sometimes are subtle, sometimes they are not, right? Like like uh, when we uh, change the calibration of certain courses sometimes we don't make a large announcement about it right we just mm-hmm. like either remove an assignment or tweak it so that's less severe mm-hmm. um, sometimes a whole new course comes out right and it requires an announcement but it's based on the market it's based on our, our Capstone alumni we have a very very active Capstone alumni um, there are eyes and ears in terms of what's um, what's relevant and you know we try not to focus on fads. Right, there's certainly a lot of technologies that is popular among our Capstone online that's not in the core curriculum. It's not like everything mm-hmm. that we see is going to be added in there. But only do we feel that it's really, really important do we add it in there? We also first usually add it in capstone, mm-hmm. um, and then we're like, capstone's full, right? <laughs> we have no more room. Um, then we, that's how TypeScript ended up being added to the core curriculum. It was first um, made mandatory in uh, in in capstone um and then we're like we just we need more ability here mm-hmm. um because people are just seeing it a lot on interviews and their jobs mm-hmm. added in the core curriculum and that course is still alive um it's not you know our our content is always like this where it may not be the best at first but it will be over time as yeah. we continue to iterate on it because we treat these things as live documents as you know we're constantly updating on uh, updating it mm-hmm. so um but yeah, the level of difficulty is totally calibrated, and and the yeah. whole core curriculum is a live document. It's it's mm-hmm. constantly being calibrated uh, and updated.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and I think that's interesting too, because uh, when you are looking into launch school, you know, as a student, or even if you're in the early courses, you don't see that it's fluid, right? You don't realize that one of these courses is brand new, or that. In your journey during core, there's going to be two more courses added. So it is fluid; it's changing all the time. It's not a um, passed down recipe of the generations.
1: Yeah, it's not like books where, like, you have first edition, second edition, like years later it'd be second edition. It's a you know a big big update. We're um, constantly updating. Um, I mean, on a on a daily basis, right? It's just mm-hmm. so, something's being updated every day.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Cool. All right. Next up. Why doesn't Launch School have a portfolio? Oh,
1: <laughs> um, I think we do. First of all, we, you know, we, we got some, we got projects going on. Um, I get this question a lot. I think less often now, um, mm-hmm. but certainly still comes up here and there. I think the portfolio thing is of, it. maybe is how, like, coding boot camps sell their curriculum. Like, after you take this curriculum, you'll have five projects. Um. Well, that's easy to defeat that concern. After we finish our curriculum, we have six projects. <laughs> whatever, whatever they promise, we'll just do a plus one there, right? Um. Look, that's not the point, right? It's not. It's not five or ten or the. The answer isn't like twelve, or, or fifty, or three. Mm-hmm. You know. Um. Ultimately, it's about building your own projects, right? And again, back to like how we think about other vendors that we hire right if you're hiring you're like an interior designer and and they're like uh um i took a course and in the course <laughs> there's like three mm. design projects that they walk me through mm-hmm. and you're like okay cool but like i want to see your portfolio is like what you did That's yeah not your portfolio, not, right? that, not
0: stuff you were mentored through Right.
1: Yeah. Or you followed a book or a tutorial mm-hmm. or whatever. That's that's mm-hmm. not what I consider to be your portfolio. Mm-hmm. What did you do? Right. I want to see your work. Yeah. So maybe I'll get you job
0: pl- interviews. Right. I think that's the yeah. boot camp thing is like, this is all the stuff you'll learn. And as someone signing up, you're like, what are all of those things? I don't know, but it sounds great.
1: I mean, honestly, that only works if there's a tremendous dearth of software engineers.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: that otherwise how could that work the fact that it worked at all is um just a just a coincidence of the supply and demand of software engineers Mm -hmm. um but in anything else it doesn't work right like you're gonna hire any anybody anybody for anything right (laughs) Mm you can't be like hey i yeah i took a class and in the class i did these cool You'd be like, uh no, not cool, right? It's like just show me your work. Like do something, just do something on your own and show me that. Right. And then Mm -hmm. like I'll see if that's that if that's what I want. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um so for launch school, it's like you can build an infinite number of portfolio projects after doing a core curriculum. Infinite, right? Whatever you think Mm -hmm. is impressive, five, six, seven, you'll do you can do one plus that, right? (laughs) Um so the the i think the portfolio question is just like kind of a malformed question it's a question asked it's one of those like table of contents questions that gets asked a lot too where it's like do you cover this do you cover Mm -hmm. this it's like no we don't cover it but that's on purpose we don't Mm -hmm. think it's important do you cover react not in the core curriculum well this 12-week curriculum does yeah i know they cover everything for like an hour Mm -hmm. this is not our philosophy right right? Mm -hmm. so well they they cover like 20 topics and five portfolio projects. I don't know what the answer here is. Should we cover 21 topics and six portfolio projects mm-hmm. um, in one less week? Is that better? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, at some point, you're just like, that doesn't make sense. Right. Yeah. At some point that, that pitch just, um, it doesn't make sense when we're trying to get like a high paying job. Yeah. Um so it
0: seems like Launch School is uh, teaching people to fish, if we're using that metaphor, versus mm-hmm. giving them fish, right? Yeah,
1: that's exactly right. That's exactly right. So yeah, mm-hmm. you 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 build infinite number of portfolio projects um, after after the core curriculum, um, and th- that's really the key of all this, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Great. Uh, one more curriculum-based question, and then we'll move on to kind of post-core questions. And that is, the community here is really interesting, and it's pretty strict. We have a really kind of tight guidelines there. What's up with that?
1: (laughs) Yeah, is it strict? Um, Yeah, I think it is strict, um, especially compared to uh, previous um, uh, teaching um, that I did, you know, before Tea Leaf Academy and then Tea Leaf Academy. Um, did remember did that for like three or four years, I did that for a long time. Um, so had a lot of experience managing small learning communities. Uh, and we didn't have Slack. Slack wasn't invented yet, but we did, we always had a chat room always, even when I mm-hmm. um, did that, like, you know, TDD API thing, we had a little chat room thing going on. Um, what I observed was that the default nature of sort of that, that online community is, is a frat house. Um, it's, mm-hmm. Uh, predominantly male-dominated uh, participants, students, um, and with no rules, no guidance at all, the jokes just start to get edgier and edgier and edgier, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 soon, like it's only funny if it's like pushes it one one small level right. higher, right? Because <laughs> the previous thing wasn't funny anymore. Um, I'll say that like at first I didn't pay attention at all, and I would say. I would. E- I'd even participated in a little bit, right? Um, mm-hmm. And then I get like private message. Uh, it's like, hey, you know, kind of found that a little bit. You know, kind of we're entering a gray zone here, right? Like, if it didn't cross mm-hmm. a line, it's it's tiptoeing close to it. I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. I can see that. Um, and and try to tighten it up again. This is before T Leaf Academy and during T Leaf Academy. Struggle with this because um, we just didn't have like clear policies. It was mm-hmm. just like be nice, right, kind of thing. Um, turns out that's not enough. Um, so, uh, then try to enact certain rules, just met a lot of resistance from the people that were there a long time already that were used to the culture that was establishing. And it's mm-hmm. one of those words, culture's, culture is one of those words where it sounds like fluff. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I think it's one of the most important things, if not the most important thing about any community any place there's a culture what is the culture mm-hmm. and if you don't pay attention to that the culture is a frat house
2: mm-hmm.
1: at least in tech it's a frat house so
2: mm-hmm.
1: um so whether or not you're intentional about it it's going it's going to form some something is forming
2: mm-hmm. right
1: and so the question is do you want to be intentional about that what forms mm-hmm. I had to eventually create like a separate private room for those longtime students that wanted to have those mm-hmm. edgier jokes, and because they didn't want to feel like their new students were stepping on them, new policies mm-hmm. were stepping on them. I had to create a, like a private space for them. Mm-hmm. And at first, I I was in there just to be with them, and then eventually I had to leave.
0: You're like too edgy.
1: It was it, it was, uh, yeah, and so um so. Coming to law school, this is this is another thing besides the curriculum that we already talked about. Culture is something that I really, really wanted to pay attention to from the outset, having gone through that experience. Um, and I just want to dial up the professionalism to like 100, not to mm-hmm. 75, not to 85, 99, mm-hmm. 100. Just dial it all the way up as much as possible. Um, and that that that's what we are. And that's what work is too, right? Mm-hmm. So It's a great um, preview
0: for that, yeah.
1: Yeah, so if you're uncomfortable here because of how tightly that is, it's almost like, well, again, once again, great learning experience, right? Cuz mm-hmm. when you go to work, you need to dial it up to 100. It's not,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, 85 is not sufficient. A B level professionalism is going to get you fired. Yeah. Um it's got to be A+. Plus, right? Yeah. So um, that's the that's the environment I want to foster here and I get a lot of private messages now saying it's great. That's why I like it here. And I, and I like right. that.
0: Yeah. And I. it's funny because when I read this question at first, I didn't really get it because personally, I love it. I love that the default seems to be professional. The default is respect. And, uh, you know, we still have fun. Like there's, you know, people sharing. I mean, everyone knows everyone's cats. Like we still have <laughs> yep. fun. But it has a very high standard of professionalism. And I love it. I think it's a great environment for learning. It makes people take the curriculum seriously. So I think we get more out of assessments and interviews because they feel very, you know, professional and realistic and serious. So I love it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I guess if you didn't know that background, you would just be like, what's the big deal? But the the big deal is that if you don't pay attention to it, it, it doesn't end up this way.
0: Mm hmm. Okay. Let's move on to a bit of post-core questions. Mm -hmm. Um, Something, I think this is probably the question that I see the most, which is why don't you have any support for core grads to get jobs, especially if they're willing to kind of start further down the ladder? Like I want to start as a junior level and work my way up instead of going through capstone.
1: Yeah, sure. So first of all, I think Um, it's hard to promise support because of the price point. Um, I don't want to falsely advertise that you're going to get this and that. (laughs) just because, um, like, I can't promise that at $200 a month, right? I can't even promise that $200 an hour, frankly, right? So Mm -hmm. a month is not there. But I would just say behind the scenes, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of support that's happening. I do a lot of one-on-one calls with core grads um just to as a courtesy you know um so it's it's more unofficial and again i don't want to like even promise that oh chris is gonna unofficially do a one-on-one call with me i'm like no i don't want to promise that (laughs) it's just it's just like that because that's just too much right that's too too much obligation for 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 the price and i think that's one of the problems i kind of want to just bring up which is cost is such a limiting factor for us because um the guidance that people want uh, is so custom, right? So someone's like, "Well, why can't you make a course? Why can't you do a video?" We have videos, we have courses, right? I've um, between all the webinars I've done, I think there's probably like five hours of uh, webinars. Um, we also used to have a career services course that mm-hmm. did walk people through how to approach a job hunt. Um, the problem is this: is that that generates more questions. <laughs> That doesn't solve the problem. That actually results in even more questions for people's individual circumstance, right? Right. You know, I am this and this in this location, this age, this level of education. What should I do? Mm-hmm. I am that, you know, and it's really, really difficult to do anything generic like uh, like a course or a video and have that bridge the gap. So it's like, whatever we do, there's a big gap between that and a job. And a lot of it is individualized, right? Mm -hmm. So the cost really prevents us from fully bridging the gap, Mm
2: -hmm. no
1: matter what we do, right? So then the question is like, what are you willing to pay, (laughs) right? (laughs) And so one reason why you're not doing capstone, why people are doing capstone is because of the cost. So now we're negotiating like all right I'm willing to pay 3 grand. Okay, what does that get you in to grand? Okay. I don't know. It'll get you like 10 hours. It's like, oh no, I don't want I want way more than 10 hours. I got I want a guaranteed job.
2: Right? Mm-hmm. It's like, "Well,
1: how am I supposed to guarantee you a job?" Right? So it's like that negotiation is really really difficult. Right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes you were like, "Well, why don't I just pay like a staff member out of my own pocket?" And I'm like, "If you do that, I can't guarantee anything. You can't be like, I want a refund. um, Or like this person didn't show up to my meeting or Mm complain to me, right? Like, cause we're not doing quality assurance. We're not doing that. Like capstone, we have redundancies built in place. If somebody is sick, we have means to like backfill people, right? Mm -hmm. All that is thought through. If you do like a custom thing, it's just like nothing's thought through. It's very, very difficult. And it's also very difficult to like arrive at a, Result, which is a job
2: mm-hmm.
1: right um, The other complication is that core grads are highly competent. This is one of the downsides of such a rigorous program is that the only people who can advise core grads are very expensive people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So mm. if the limiting factor is cost and you're very competent, you're in a catch22 because you're like, I, I don't have money, but I'm super competent. <laughs> then only expensive people can help you. And then you're asking for charity, which is fine. Mm-hmm. I do charity all the time. It's not a big deal. I got to, I get to know core, core students, um, you know, and I, and I like them and I want to try to help.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But my time is not enough to fully bridge that gap, right? The other confusing part, too, is after core, there's so many things people can do. You can specialize in front-end, like React, you can specialize in back-end. If you did a Ruby track, you can do Rails. You can go and do, you know, crypto stuff. We have people doing that. You can do AI stuff. You can do data science stuff. The opening of many doors is confusing.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: That's a confusing point, too. So then, again, you need, like, a experienced person to, like, help you walk through the pros and cons of all these things, right?
2: Mm -hmm.
1: So I think it's a combination of, like, being highly competent, um, and having a lot of options, and having low cost—it's <laughs> like mm. just all these conflicting forces that make it seem like it's 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 difficult, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I will say we've tried a lot of solutions over the years, um, especially with our Tea Leaf Academy um, grads, mm-hmm. um, and even early launch school—you know—the first capstone iterations are nothing like today. Mm-hmm. we did a lot of one-on-one mentoring and capstone for launch school. Um, but I'll talk about a couple of things that, that I did. Um, and this might hopefully give, uh, give context for why capstone the way it is. So um, I, I formed groups of people to do a, a major project. This mm-hmm. is T leaf Academy for grab, grab, grabbed a couple uh, uh, like three, three folks. With T Leaf Academy and then wanted to build like their own custom project because in T Academy, it's like you you follow tutorial, right? So the thing mm-hmm. you build is like what we're showing you. So now they want to build their own project. Great. They're all capable. So I and I would be like the team lead. Um, I did this several times, and every single time it's it's been this experience. The first thing is it's really hard to schedule people to meet together. <laughs> it's just like I was mm-hmm. basically an admin, like a secretary, just trying to get people to show up at the same time. Everyone has different schedules, mm-hmm. they're all over the world. Um, even to meet twice a week is, like, really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, the second thing is it's hard to make a project plan, let's say, like, a four-week, six-week project plan because we don't know how long people are going to be in this group because people mm-hmm. get jobs, people leave, people have things that come up in their lives, and then they stop participating in this little group, right? Mm-hmm. And, by the way, this is all for free. I didn't charge any money. It was just, like, I want to I wanna help, right? Very, 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 very difficult logistically, um, and commitment-wise, right? If mm-hmm. people get jobs, great, congrats. And it's just like, I want to I wanna continue to finish it off. I don't want to leave you guys. Great. Of course, when push comes to shove, they're not going to work on this project because they already have right. a job.
0: They were investing right? in themselves, not in the project. The project was kind of a means to the end.
1: Yeah. So that was kind of a capstone light, right? So, so many issues like that. Um, so that, there there are just so many issues that finally, when we did capstone, we asked for a severe commitment. We make people sign a contract. We make people talk to their families. I've talked to family members <laughs> before. I've talked mm. to parents before.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Um, we make people pay a down payment. Right. The commitment is severe. And then we hold people here and mm-hmm. we make them promise. Otherwise, you violate the contract. You can't look for a job until this is done. Right? So that's the commitment. That's how we get people here. And then we charge a high fee. And then Mm -hmm. we can bring all the resources to bear. Capstone is so hard to execute from everybody's standpoint, from the participants to our side, um, that if we were to... um, it's it's like a it's like a Jenga th- puzzle, right? Like if you remove one thing, maybe it's okay. Two is okay, but as, you, as soon as you start to loosen it up, it's gonna fall. It's so mm-hmm. fragile. Um, this the system, right? It's so fragile. Um, it's so easy to think that we can just do something else. Um, but again, anything that we do, when you start to think about the cost, it starts to add up to basically the capstone price.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. If people want to do like a custom order capstone light, they end up adding on and adding on until they just have capstone.
1: Yeah, exactly. Or you run into into all these other secondary problems that then you have to solve somehow, right? Like, oh, why don't we just have like 10 hours a week of commitment or 20 hours a week of the commitment instead of the 50 that we're asking for for capstone? Mm -hmm. I could do 20. Okay, then it's going to last six months. And then what Mm -hmm. if you get a job? You're not going to work on it, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm so it it's it it's uh so we've tried a lot of different things i think the thing i want people to know is that we've tried a lot of things it's not like i'm resistance to new ideas it's that i do see a lot of people new to launch school come in with a lot of suggestions not knowing that we've tried like a ton of different things and not having thought through like these little edge cases especially the uncomfortable topic of price Mm -hmm. how much are you willing to pay right it's just like i want these things What's the cost? And then, and then, by the way, once you pitch that, I have to think: Well, do I do I want to do that for that price? Right. <laughs> can I do that for that price? Right? Um, so uh, it, it it's not just be like, well, I'm willing to pay three grand for this, and mm-hmm. then I can say like, well, I'm not willing to do anything for that price, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so everything has to like come together and fit. Yeah.
0: yeah, interesting, and I think it kind of brings things full circle too, because you know, you say this is a big commitment. It's a high price tag. It's all of these things. But because you have gone through core with good grades, because you've gone through all of those assessments, uh, it's a worthy investment, right? You've done all of the work. You've made it past that big filter that is core. And now you're at the point where making this big investment, this big commitment is a really safe investment to make. You know, it's not a huge risk.
1: Yeah, I try not to oversell capstone either. I mean, I like, I think, you know, we have a document around the midpoint of the core curriculum that people can read. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's, I think it's very balanced. Um, I, I, there's a lot of core graduates that don't do capstone too. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's okay. Like, I'm not, I think it's up to us to prove the value of every step that we prescribe. Right. Mm -hmm. So if we say this next course is coming up and you should pay for another month to get that course like mm-hmm. we should provide proof that that's like useful right and same thing with yeah. capstones like that's a big jump in commitment and money um and especially if for people who i think the biggest cost actually is opportunity cost because we have mm-hmm. a lot of people here who make a lot of money frankly um in uh, non tech careers perhaps or in uh, software engineering adjacent roles like product mm-hmm. qa things like that they make a lot of money so the actual real cost that they're concerned about isn't really the capstone fee. Um, it's, it's their job, mm-hmm. right, that they have to give up for four months uh, and then a job hunt. So like six right. months plus, right, um, yeah. of, of, of salary. So mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a major cost then, right? right. Um, and so we're always trying to do a pros and cons analysis. One mm-hmm. of the things I've been saying is um, we're doing more and more programming for our capstone alumni um, my hope is that over the long run, the networking, the programming that we do, um you're gonna you're gonna get it all back, right? In the long run. Um and, mm-hmm. and just the, the 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 people, the net the you know, people pull each other up when you know, we've had some alumni get impacted by layoffs and you can just tell people like, I rallied like what's your you know, what what's your stack? What's your what is your familiarity? Yeah. We we have openings here and there, come apply, mm-hmm. I'll give you a referral, that type of thing. So um, my hope is that in the long run, right, it, 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 you, you get it back, even if you're making a lot of money. But mm-hmm. ultimately, that's up to people to sort of evaluate.
0: Yeah, right. And there is value in core without capstone. But if you want to do capstone, if that's what you want, I think it's a worthy investment. Right?
1: Yeah. Like I said, I don't know any long term core grad that's like, can't get a job. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know any core grad that has come to me that has said, that was a complete waste of time. Right. Mm. I didn't learn anything. Um, so I've heard lots of, you know, people who have gone through other programs that have said that, yeah. right. They come to us like, I mean, that, you know, that was maybe not the best use of my time. It was fine. Mm-hmm. But right. I have not heard that about the core curriculum. Yeah. Um, I have heard some of the complaints we talked about today with one of the main ones being assessments are too hard. Interviews are too hard. I spent a lot of time, you know, trying to pass this interview and I don't understand why I have to do that. So,
0: mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, that was the last question that I have here. This was really interesting. I think um, the questions we answered kind of give a full picture of why Launch School is set up the way it is. And you can see that direct correlation from pre Leaf, this unnamed thing you did to Leaf, (laughs) you know, all the way to now as it stands. So super interesting. I I hope people enjoy listening.
1: Yeah, hopefully that provides some context. And I don't mean... to say, like, uh, I don't want to suppress ideas. Like, if you have ideas, I want to hear it, for sure. For totally. Sure. Yeah, uh, and, and this is how we improve over the years is by hearing everyone's ideas, uh, incorporating ones that we feel can be useful. So definitely, mm-hmm. com- you know, feel free to DM me, email, whatever it is, and happy to hear it.
0: Awesome. All right. Uh, thanks so much for answering those questions, Chris.
1: All right. Thanks for having me on.
0: Okay. Bye.